Greetings and salutations, my pals. It's me, Sudai the Great. You're listening to the Sainted Path on Open Lines Radio, our favorite radio station in the entire universe. Am I right? I know I'm right, so I'm not even going to wait for a response. What's new, my friends? Today is uh, one of the most irrelevant days of the year to me. It's Halloween. Samhain, if you're into all that. Today is just a Wednesday as far as I'm concerned, but uh, it's a Wednesday that some people care about. So I guess that's nice for them. Let's talk about it. (laughs) I'm not a fan. I've never been a fan. I probably never will be a fan. It doesn't doesn't do anything for me, but it also doesn't do anything negative for me. And it did used to. I used to be like actively averse to this holiday because your girl was raised hella superstitious, and it just be like that sometimes. Um, I want to unpack superstition, and I want to talk to you guys about ritual and practice, and let's just get into it. Here we are on this fine Wednesday. Today I saw one vampire, uh, one cute Mad Hatter, and no one else was dressed up, which surprised me. Um, I'm a curmudgeon, and I don't like this holiday, but even I'll dress up every once in a while. Um, I say that, but I fully refuse to dress up this year. It's just too much of an effort for something that I don't care about. Uh, and also, I got called a fancy pirate last year when I was clearly Adam Ant, so I'm over it. But, um, in the meantime, another day where I've eaten too much candy already. Uh, when I was a kid, I didn't trick-or-treat because we were not allowed to as a bunch of Muslims, which is hilarious. Well, less hilarious. We won't get into all of the personal particulars of where my parents might have been and who was or was not supervising me. But the point is, it was just a general rule. Like, this day's not for you. We're not about it. Not about the devilry. Too much sinning going on. I don't really know. It was never you know, clearly explained to me in my youth, it was always just a given, like, oh, no, that's, you know, the devil's day. (laughs) Bad stuff's happening. Practicing magic and witchcraft. Nope. So, aside from that being laughably ignorant, I'm glad I have a sense of humor about these things, because I didn't always... um, And as ever, I need to be, I don't, maybe I don't need to be, but I should be cautious about what I say and don't say. Um, I feel like I'm probably too glib and just a little too flippant and blasé in my attitude toward religion these days, which is hilarious because I spend more time thinking about this than literally anything else. And especially, you know, more than anyone else that I know. And yet, it always feels like I'm on the wrong side, or I've said the wrong thing, or I've done something wrong. So, here we are in Halloween, and uh, I sat down to do this impromptu episode. I am locked in a dungeon room. I lit some sage, I pulled out some tarot cards for the occasion, and I figured... I don't know where any of my stuff is, but I know where Hobo Stew for the Wandering Soul by Mark Hammerschmidt is, so I grabbed that, and we're going to practice some casual bibliomancy together. Am I being glib and flippant? Well, (laughs) let's get to the end of the show and see how we feel. So, the whole thing about Halloween in our modern times is that it doesn't serve a purpose. It's one of those... It's not even a Hallmark holiday. You don't buy anyone a Halloween card. It's just a money grab. This is here so we can push product. And, you know, some of us want to go out and get drunk. And that's cool. I'm not raining on your parade. Do you? But um, the way that I always understood it as a kid, beyond just the, this is bad and it's the devil's holiday, there was always, there was a serious creepiness. There was a vibe that was inescapable. So part and parcel is the fact that Halloween is 
at the end of October, and we all know how I feel about the fall. If you don't know how I feel about the fall, if you missed the episode where I moaned about how awful September is, thankfully September is pretty much the worst of the seasonal affective issues, but it's not the end of it. It's just the beginning. And so here we are, deep in the throes of October. And when I was a kid, that meant the school year was just getting started and there was no escaping for many, many months to come. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, if you hear that creepy knocking, that's what we're working with today. <laughs> anyway, real life stops for no one, not even me. Um, I don't even know what I was saying. I just had to shoo a ghost. I don't know. I'm going to stop playing up this whole Halloween thing because I really don't care, y'all. Like, I'm really not about it. Um, and I especially wasn't about it when I was a really scared little kid and everything made me jump. Here was this one time of year where everything just got unholy. And that was the point? I didn't really see where the appeal was. I wasn't allowed to go out trick-or-treating. I wasn't allowed to wear a costume. Not into spooky stuff. So what do we do? As an adult, and especially as someone who makes an effort to explore theological well, to explore theology, I guess, and to explore different facets of spirituality in my existence as a human person. Um, everything is up for review. Everything looks a little different. Everything means whatever I decide that it means. And that's pretty hairy. And it can get, I don't know, it, it gets to be, it's always kind of difficult. And it's always, it shouldn't be, I guess. I, I suppose the whole point is to find some kind of peace. But thus far... Uh, it seems to be a game of sort of feeling out, like, okay, well, what's the truth as I know it? And then what's everyone else working with? And then how do we work with the truth within the context of this whole picture? And if y'all hear some crying in the background, that's just because, again, that's real life. There's a reason you don't get the sainted path on a Wednesday afternoon or Wednesday evening. But anyway... I, uh, I make it, a, I make it a point. I make it a point to wake up every day and to confirm for myself, like, yep, I'm alive. Still on the same page about there being a God. And I think that Islam is the way for me to go. I think this is what I want to stick to. And I really do think this to myself and make it a point to recenter myself and to focus myself within this context. This is a way that I want to be living based on my idea, right? My presumption that there is a single point of focus in this universe. What am I doing with that information? How am I living with it? Well, I live a pretty... I live, I live like anybody else. I get up, I go to my day job, we've heard me complain about it. I have friends, I go out into the world, tra-la-la. It gets to be really complicated when you start talking to other people about how we live and how we should be living. This is my least favorite phrase in the entirety of the English language, should be. It should be some type of way. You should adhere to these principles this is the way that you should be doing things. You should have known better. Fuck that. Fuck that twice. Three times even. Three is a magic number. Let's do that. Um, I had a... I don't know. I have a lot of moments where now as an adult, I look around and I am othered where someone else sees fit to point out that I have failed to do or failed to adhere to something that I should have done. And as a result, I am less than, less than the best, less impressive, less of a good Muslim than we thought. And the thing of all that nonsense is it doesn't matter. It doesn't count. It doesn't mean anything. Nobody's opinion <laughs> means fuck all. Um, this I do this for me. I do this for me so that 
if I die, when I die, if I do meet my maker, and we do have a conversation about how I lived, that's my assumption, right? This is what, based on the things that I think I know, based on the things that I have learned, based on the accumulated knowledge of humanity that we have just lying around that I've been poking around at and trying to uncover, I feel pretty confident that I'm going to die. Okay, I feel confident that I'm going to die. That's, a, that's it. Full stop. That's going to happen. Inevitably, we come into this world, we leave it. So that's going to happen to me. And then what? I don't really know. I don't really know, and at this juncture, I'm not really bothered, one way or the other. Um, I do think, eventually, at some point, and, you know, time isn't linear. I don't know how any of this works. I don't know. I don't know. But I do think that there will come a point where I have a good old-fashioned sit-down in some metaphysical sense or another with the source of whatever I am. And I do think, I mean, I don't, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll weigh all of my good deeds and my bad deeds and maybe all of the things that I was taught about, you know, my hands piping up going, nope, she did that, she did grab that, she did flick that lady off that one time, <laughs> she did move those muscles and we did act in this way. Maybe all of that stuff is true and maybe it's not. But I get up every day and I confirm for myself, we feel pretty good about this? Yeah, I feel pretty good about this. Let's go. And I do that because then as I'm putting one foot in front of the other, as I'm flipping old ladies the bird or, you know, doing whatever it is that I do with my life, I know for sure that I'm trying. My intentions are pure. And that's the thing of it. Intention. Let's talk about intention. Because today I was thinking about spells. It's Halloween after all. And I was thinking about magic and the hell is that? Like, what is magic? Do I even, like, do I believe in magic anymore? I did. I certainly did. I lived my whole life believing that everything is magic. And lately I just can't really be bothered to care. Do I believe in these things? I don't really know. It doesn't really make sense anymore. Did it ever, I mean, did it ever make sense? No, you take it all on faith. That's the whole point of faith. There's no, it's not concrete. You are putting stock in these ideas and hoping like hell that it pans out for you. And magic has always panned out for me. There has always been magic. I've always been connected to that, if nothing else. Someone asked me after I got really sick this year, I almost died this year, and uh, I have a friend who is dealing with their own sort of spiritual slash existential crisis, and they asked if I had a dark night of the soul, and I laughed at them, which, you know, not an appropriate response, but nah, dude, nah, not this time. Has it happened to me ever? Yes. Yes, there were many nights maybe not many, maybe like two or three distinct moments in my life where it really came down to it, like, fuck, what is this? What, what, what is going on? But when I almost died, was it one of those times? I didn't think, I didn't think, well, there's, there's nothing, or I'm right, and here we go, and I'm going to meet my maker. I didn't, I didn't worry too much about any of it, honestly. It was just sort of like, well, if we're going to go, we're going to go. And I don't think I'm quite ready to go yet, but also, you know, this is not fun. <laughs> this is not a good time. So if I could stop doing this, that would be great. And uh, I don't know, somewhere in the process, you got to, if you're putting one foot in front of the other and you keep tripping, then maybe you need to reassess how you're placing your feet and where you're actually going. And that is what I took it upon myself to do. So I thought that I was doing really all right. 
I was doing well for myself. I take care of myself physically. I take care of myself spiritually. I take care of myself mentally. Except as it turns out, I was completely lying to myself and none of those things turned out to be true and then I almost died. So back to the drawing board, what do we do? One foot in front of the other, baby steps. Where am I going? Doesn't really matter. One foot in front of the other, baby steps. So we're baby stepping now, right? In the process of baby stepping, where did all the magic go? And, well, okay. Simple spells. I found a book today, Simple Spells for Success. Ancient Practices for Creating Abundance and Prosperity. And this is really written, this is written by a lady called Barry Dolnick. And I thought to myself, Barry, you're full of garbage. But I went ahead and I flipped through this book. And normally books like this, not for me. I'm into a lot of things, practice a lot of things. I bend a lot of things. But as far as actual spells and actual magic, not my bag. Not my bag, because I choose to be a Muslim, and that comes with its own set of ritual, and that comes with its own do's and taboos. So when thinking about the magic of every day, it's out there. I mean, I'm alive, and that in and of itself is magic. This is how I define my existence. It's a magical thing, right? All of this energy that it takes to keep all of these atoms bouncing around that form my human shape and this spirit that animates this human shape, I mean, that's all beyond comprehension, at least at this moment, and it's pretty magical. And it's there, and I've identified it. Cool. But it doesn't do anything. <laughs> it doesn't really add up the way that it used to. It doesn't excite me the way that it used to. And um, I'm still getting to the bottom of that one, but I was thinking about this book of spell work because we all know my whole thing is connecting the dots, right? So there are so many instances in my life where I look around and it's like, oh, at it again, Sister Jezebel doing something she shouldn't be doing, uh, stepping outside of the boxes she should be confined within and Look at her go, causing a ruckus. Because that's what it feels like, and that's what you're made to feel like. If you have, if you take the space to go, well, hang on a second. I have some questions, or hold on a minute. That thing that we're all talking about, that we're all doing, I want to talk about how that's not working for me. And just the simple act of using your voice, asking a question, or suggesting an idea. Well, what about this, though? Or have you ever stopped to consider this? All of that, some, someone else, some other person usually decides is wrong. Some other person usually looks at me and goes, no, you're wrong. That's wrong. Stop that. And that's exhausting. That's exhausting because we're not just going, oh no, you're wrong. Your ideas are wrong and they have no value. We're going, oh no, you're wrong. Your ideas are wrong and they have no value and they're blasphemous. Everything that you just said to me directly defies God's law. It doesn't, by the way. I'm not actually rocking the boat all that much, all right? I'm really not. But you'd think... I think I'd capsize the flippin' Titanic the way that people react to, to me and my existence. And huh, this is an entire episode in and of itself. I want to get back to magic specifically. I want to get back to spells and intentions. The thing about being a Muslim is you're taught from the word go that everything in this life is about your intention. God sees everything, we're told. God knows everything, created everything. There are no surprises here. It's all laid out for you. Every possible version of reality, you've got free will, right? So you're going to act based on what is put in front of you. 
and every possible variation of how any of it could go ad infinitum it's all it's all there you know it was all planned it's all gonna happen but what you choose that's all on you we're given free will you get to do whatever you want you get to think whatever you want you get to be whatever you want you get to respond to life however you want to do that what is going to happen someday you are going to die you are going to meet your maker and we're gonna square up and we're gonna figure out what's what and that comes first and foremost down to your intention if you're in a situation where let's I'm trying to think of a real-world example for you and I just don't think I care enough so we're gonna we're gonna say that if you do something and it's technically wrong but your intention was not to hurt anyone your intention was not to do the wrong thing your intention was not to break any rules or laws but you ended up doing that are you still in the wrong is it still is it is it that black and white is it a case of no well you did the wrong thing so here you go as a muslim i believe that it's grayer than that which is hysterical when you think of the hypocrisy involved with people telling you that you're wrong and that it's black and white which is even more hysterical when you think of how adam and i used to be that everything is inherently black and white live and learn my dudes live and learn so intention i started reading tarot cards that one time after abe lincoln read my cards and told me my business and i went and cried in public it was a game changer for me and i bought a deck of tarot cards to commemorate the occasion I only wanted to pull out the cards that Abe had pulled so I could stick them in my journal so I could have a cool visual representation and uh, that was it that was all I needed and some weeks or months after the fact I had these tarot cards laying around um, being a Muslim and living among other Muslims tarot cards are a big deal that's like we're just we're not about it foretelling it's a problem we don't go in for that and that's cool I get it I understand that it's not my job to try and you know figure out what the future holds and I see how that's dangerous territory logically I understand where we're going um, I also understand that you know to believe that God is all-knowing and to Put your faith in an all-knowing God means that to then put your faith in a deck of cards you've you've taken a misstep somewhere like I get that I get it whatever but I had these cards not to read them my intention was not to start practicing devilry it was to commemorate an experience that I had had that had profoundly changed me and then someone sees my tarot cards and pulls them out and goes oh man i didn't know you had these and just starts slinging cards and like reading them and i didn't know you could just do that i really didn't know at the time this was an amazing to me like oh uh, whoa whoa what's that about what are you doing just reading those tarot cards you just know how to do that yeah i learned ages ago it's easy and just like that the doors open and I see objectively pretending I were my parents, you know, I can see from that parental perspective, well, my parents are probably a bad example, but someone else's parents, someone else's religious parents, uh, that way lies badness, kid. Stop. You shouldn't have them. Throw them away. Burn them. But I didn't. I didn't do any of those things. I learned to start reading them. I learned to start reading them, and I learned a lot. I learned a lot, a lot, right from the word go. I learned so much, and the whole world was born anew. And uh, I tell you what, my friends, I clued in real quick. I, Abe Lincoln read my cards, and I started learning to read cards, and I realized that Abe Lincoln isn't even a good tarot reader. 
That's just such a fun sentence. Abe Lincoln is a shitty psychic. <laughs> but I, I, I started to realize um, very quickly that Abe had a lot of basic knowledge and Abe was able to tell me what was up with me because yeah, you know, the cards did all the, the heavy lifting, like here's your framework. And Abe gave me the Cliff's notes and pretty much told me like, hey man, you've got all this, un Abe Lincoln fucking told me what every teacher I've ever had in my entire life told me. You've got all this untapped potential. You've got so much going on. You are so much. What are you doing? You're squandering it. You're not using that. What are you doing? Use it. Use it or lose it, man. So I started using these tarot cards. And I started to not predict the future. I don't, um, foretelling's not for me. I'm, the thing is, like, I think it could be done. It's not that I don't believe it. It's that I don't really think that it has any practical application. And I don't have the capacity myself, as far as I know, to tap into anything that makes that relevant to me. And furthermore, I think that the future is so transmutable. I mean, we, the thing about free will is that every teeny literal, ins, like every literal thing that happens, insignificant or otherwise, changes everything. So yeah, okay, you might be able to figure out what's going to happen in 10 years, but also between now and 10 years from now, you're working with a different picture. So it just doesn't mean anything to me. That's cool. Um, and I didn't think that it was a problem. I didn't think for a second that it conflicted with my faith at all, except for two little cards in our deck. If you are not familiar with tarot in any capacity, uh, then the Cliff's Notes are that most tarot decks are broken into two parts. So the whole deck consists of 78 cards if you're working with a like standard Rider Waite Smith deck. Um, nobody really knows where tarot originated from. Nobody, we've got ideas, there are stories that cropped up the first couple times as like an Italian parlor game, I think in like the maybe 15th or 16th century. But other than that, nobody really knows. And there are a couple of, you know, hermetic orders practiced all kinds of occult rituals that these things have been linked to and yada, 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 but it's all lost. It's all out in the ether somewhere. We don't have it written down. Who knows? That in and of itself, I understand objectively how dicey it is to pick up something that you have no real knowledge of and no history of and to just go for it. But I tell you what, I was younger then. I was struggling twice as, maybe more than twice as much as I am now. And, um, Fucking Abe Lincoln told me my business. So I was open to a lot more than I previously had been. And there are two particular cards. So a tarot deck is broken into the major arcana and the minor arcana. Arcana comes from the Latin arcanum, which means um, divine secret. So the whole thing about a tarot deck is you're uncovering the divine secrets of the human psyche. Like most other things in this world, if you shift your perspective and you look at it a little differently, it means something else. So essentially a tarot deck is a deck of picture cards. And each one of these cards represents a different facet of the human psyche. And the thing about the human psyche is that it's relatable to all human beings. We are all people. We experience all of these things. So if you put no stock in the magic of this, and if you don't think that, you know, there's anything otherworldly or occult about it, it's just a deck of cards. And if you lay them out and you know what you're doing and you know what each of those cards means and stands for, you can tell a pretty convincing story to the person that you're reading for. And you can tell them pretty much anything. First of all, you could tell them pretty much anything. Um, but if you were being honest and helpful and if your intentions are pure, you can tell them a great number of things that would help them. And it doesn't matter if you did arbitrarily pick out however many cards. You could literally throw a tarot deck at me and pick, and I could pick up random cards off the floor and I could tell you your business because that is what they are designed to do. I personally have seen a few things and I think that it's a little bit more than that. But that can also be 
summarized pretty succinctly. I think that everything in this life is connected. I don't think that anything is arbitrary or accidental or incidental. I think that everything, everything, every tiny literal thing is connected. And it means something. It doesn't all mean anything to me. It's not all going to add up to tell any story other than the one that I'm busy telling with the pieces that I'm filtering through, you know, my perception of reality, but whatever, here we are. So within the minors, you've got four suits and those are broken up and they serve different purposes, but we don't need to talk about all that right now because I want to talk about some major hitters. The major arcana, we've got a guy called the devil. It's a pretty evil looking card. It's a devil with two dudes, a man and a woman, chained to him. And there are pentagrams to go around. And um, the uh, sort of classic, it's like the standard tarot deck, is it's called the Rider Waite Smith deck because it was designed by some dudes named Rider Waite Smith. Anyway, I'm not getting into all this with you. Google it or listen to some other podcasts or any other episode of Open Lines, etc., etc., etc. The point is the devil is bad news. The devil to this very Muslim girl was the worst news. I'm already like skirting the issue by doing this. So I didn't really want to focus on like the overt creepiness. I was content to just take the good and leave the bad. I was cherry picking. Anyone who knows me knows that I think that cherry picking is an abhorrent thing to do. Not really sure I can stand by that statement anymore though, because here we are and I cherry pick liberally. Mm, okay, I take that back. Here's why I don't dig cherry picking. I think it's lazy. And I think that it's presumptuous, presumptuous and arrogant. I think that if you are shown something, be it scripture or a tarot deck or literally anything, and you go, yeah, that's all very nice and well, except that one part. I don't really care for that one part. So I'm going to go ahead and appropriate all of the things that I do like and that I do drive with, and I'm going to leave out that one bit. That doesn't, uh, doesn't, it doesn't really work that way, really. But then again, like I said, everything is up for review. And as I sit here with my Oracle deck and my tarot deck and my bundle of sage and my book of simple spells, I just, I... Maybe I'm, I might be completely wrong about this and I might be changing my tune live on air. I might be changing my mind about this thing. Maybe, I don't know. I don't want to get into this now. I'm making a mess. The point is, the point that I was trying to make, so there's the devil. And then there's another card also, the tower. Less important than the devil. The devil is easy enough. You don't need me to show you a picture of the devil of this tarot card to understand that it's the devil. It's bad news, right? It's not really bad news, though. Um, it, yeah, as a as a person who lives in this world, and as a person who is raised with these clear-cut ideas of right and wrong and black and white and good and evil, the devil was evil. The devil was bad news. The devil is the opposite direction that you want to be traveling in. You don't want to go that way. You don't want to find yourself practicing any form of devilry or being led astray from all that is good and light and holy, whatever that even means. Anytime I would draw the devil, it would freak me the flip out. That's not good. And it, it, it got to be a little less creepy the more that I studied and the more that I actually applied myself and the more that I rationalized, you know, this is, this is still... This spiritual practice, me sitting here with these tarot cards and trying to puzzle out my life and trying to fix my shit and get my life together, this is still me connecting with God. And I had to grapple with the idea that I was not honestly, really, truly, in my heart of hearts, not doing anything wrong, not trying to predict my future or trying to turn to the cards for answers. I, I feel like anytime 
anytime I did something where I started to shut my eyes and went, okay, what about, what if I just, anytime I tried to take the easy way out, anytime I tried to be lazy or anytime I tried to not do the work and to not actively connect myself to my ideals, that's when some weird shit happened. That's always when there was weird creepiness afoot. Um, there were instances where I'd be reading some tarot cards and some freaky shit would happen and I'd turn some lights off and they'd turn back on or things would go bump in the night that should not have been going bump. There was no logical explanation for the bumps. There was nothing happening that should have been happening. There are other, I mean, whatever. It's a crazy, miraculous world and there's all kinds of creepy shit out there. I personally try and stay away from the creepy shit. So I'm reading these tarot cards and creepy things start happening and I stopped reading for a while. And I really sat down and, and really thought about, okay, if we as people have decided for ourselves based on the information that was provided to us from God through, wow, is it blasphemous to call prophets mediums? I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But through certain people and other events in this world, and then we, co we corroborated all of that information and wrote it down. That's not how it worked for all of us, but that's how it worked for a lot of us. And then based on that information and based, what we, based on what we wrote down, we're, you know, still cobbling it together millennia after the fact. Like, you guys, we made it all up, though. We made it all up. And if we made it all up and our intentions are pure and we're trying to align ourselves with the highest good, that's the point that we need to keep coming back to, right? What are my intentions? Like, what am I doing here? So as far as tarot cards go, I know I can't convince, you know, any member of my Muslim community that what I'm doing is copacetic. I know that I can't try and tell anyone that this tool changed my life. Not only it changed my life, but once I started reading, I started reading for other people. And I found that I was really able to help other people. And I was really able to connect to other people. The thing is, I have an opinion or two. So if you need some advice, I got you. But people don't always want your unsolicited advice. And even if they do solicit your advice, people don't always want to hear things coming from you. If you've got a deck of cards in between you to expand upon what you're trying to tell this person, it's not coming from me, is it? And even if it is, even if it is, it's not coming directly from me. There's this intermediary now. And I'm out here trying to do good for myself and for others. And I'm trying to do that from a personal point of connecting with my idea of the one true source of light and life in this universe. I'm trying to connect to God. I don't know. That's just me. And that's just what I'm doing. And I don't have to defend it and I don't have to try and make peace and I don't have to be a part of any communities and I'm not anymore but I want to be I didn't ask to be ostracized and y'all motherfuckers don't even know I'm reading tarot cards I just I there's so many other things that I have now that I have now done or said and so many other things that I seem to have stepped in where it's just that's another conversation for another episode though so Going back to spells specifically, spells, now we're getting into like magical territory. Now we're getting pagan. And I do practice specific rituals and I do have specific ways where I'm connecting to my creator. So when we sit down and we go, all right, let's light a candle, pull out your bundle of sage, let's do this, that, and the other. Rosemary's from a remembrance. This candle is blue for prosperity or whatever the hell. That's a little bit different. And I can sit here and I can spin the same story of, okay, well, what are my intentions though? And, you know, what am I practicing this for? And why am I using these specific tools? 
I sat down, I have this friend who hopefully uh, I will collaborate with soon, and we'll get to that later. Anyway, I have this friend who converted to Judaism. She converted to Judaism from Catholicism. And to go from being a Catholic um, who had religious iconography everywhere, saints and, and all manner of things, to a practicing Jew where your rituals are pared down and there's no iconography and you're working with few, if any, tools, you know, a loaf of bread, maybe some wine, some candles. Uh, it's a very different ballgame. It's a very different orientation. You're going to point yourself in a completely different direction. So I thought about spells specifically. I thought about manifesting and what it meant if I closed my eyes. Because ultimately, we're all making wishes, right? We you wish for things all day, every day. And there's a lot of chatter about manifesting those things and pulling that energy into your life and, and actualizing those things that you want. A lot of that comes down to practical application. You wish with all your heart and soul, and then you got to do the elbow work. You got to do even when you're even when you do practice actual magic and you do craft spells and things. You still have to roll up your sleeves and do the work. If you want to buy a new house, but you aren't actively searching for a house, no amount of magic in the world is going to do this for you. It just doesn't work that way. So if I close my eyes and I light a candle and I say a prayer and I do the whole nine, well, what's the candle about? For me personally, in my practice, where did the candle come from? Why did I feel the need for the candle? Because the way that I connect to God is direct. I'm, we're all, I'm always, are you there, God? It's me. It's Margaret. What's up? My, is my the tire in the back there? It's got very little air in it. Are we going to be, am I going to make it home? You got me good? We're good, right? And then I stop at the sheets and I put some more air in my tire. You see how that works? No, but I do. I have a direct line to God. I just think it. And then I'm in conversation. And I stop and make it a point to orient myself and to face a certain direction and to physically enter a state of prayer at least five times in a day. That is, those are my rituals. That's my practice. So if I'm pulling out candles and runes and crystals and bundles of sage, like, whoa, it's not that there's anything inherently wrong with this as far as I can see, because from where I'm sitting, all of this shit is made up. And it's not fair for me at this juncture to say that my made up shit is any more or less valid than anyone else's. But there's a reason why we're taught not to do certain things. And there's a reason why you don't practice in certain ways. And it all comes with so much historical context and it all comes with so much information and so much baggage. And it's easy enough for me to pull out a deck of tarot cards and to have, you know, spent as much time, it's been a couple of years now, I mean, to have spent as much time as I have doing the research and trying to figure out like, am I actually doing something wrong though? Am I actually being led astray? Am I pointing myself away from what I believe is right and not even realizing it because yeah, there's some benefit to this and yeah, I'm, you know, it's making me a little bit peppier and yeah, I earned 30 bucks because I did a terror reading for someone, you know, like where are the lines? There are lines and it's, I guess it comes down to, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. I suppose. I suppose I'm the only person that cares about my spiritual practice and it's the same for everyone else. I used to really struggle because most of my friends are atheists uh, or, you know, well, yeah, no, I mean, it's fair. I've heard them call themselves that at least once each. And if they're not completely opposed to the idea of a God, then they're really just apathetic and it doesn't apply to them. And it's not something that they give very much thought to. And that's cool if that's your speed, but it was, it's not my speed. It's not my speed. And I used to really struggle with that because it felt like there was a huge gap and that we would never bridge that gap because here I am and here the light shines. And it's not that the light's not shining where you are. It's just that you don't see the light. 
the way that I wish that you would because it's a game changer. I mean, it just, you look at everything differently. Your whole existence is different when you stop and recontextualize it. And I'm not trying to sell anyone anything. I'm not trying to tell anyone to believe or not believe in anything. Go fucking light your candles and read your tarot cards and do what you got to do for you. As long as your intentions are pure and you're not trying to hurt anyone, cool. You live your life over there and I'm going to live my life over here. And we're all going to be living our life together because, again, none of us are islands. But in the meantime, I don't know, maybe stop and ask a question or two is what I'm getting at. On this stupid bogus holiday where everyone's out running, well, it's actually really nice in my corner of the world. It was like 70 degrees today, which is stupid and unseasonable. But there you are. I appreciated it. For everyone wearing a costume and going out and getting drunk, or for those of you handing out Halloween candy with your kids or going trick-or-treating or whatever, do you and live excellently and be excellent to yourself and to others, man. But also stop and ask a question or two every now and then. Because I tell you what, it's getting pretty pretty silly uh, to be this alone. And I I mean, that's dumb. There are 8 billion of us, and I know we're all on some variation of this gravy train. We're all, we're all doing it, you guys. We're all here. We're all walking along this sainted path. It just, uh, it's just, I don't know, as ever, I never know. I never really know what's up. I never really know which way is up or what I'm talking about or what we're doing here. All I know is I sat down to do this episode in this dank basement and I lit some sage because that's a practice that I have picked up. And I said a prayer in the way that I've always prayed. And uh, yesterday, I am very, very very, very perceptible to other people's bullshit. If you, perceptive, if you've got some feelings and they are big, they are going to affect me. That's the way that I was designed. I'm not really a fan, but here we are. So when people are stressed out, that is the only time that I find myself stressed out. I don't really, like, yeah, things get stressful and I get overwhelmed and there is stress in my life almost constantly. And I think because it's always there, I've gotten pretty good at writing it out. But if someone else is stressed, game over. At least it used to be. Jesus Christ. So I knew I was about to walk into a stressful situation yesterday. And the problem is that this is a situation that affects me. <laughs> so I knew this person's stress, it's going to be overwhelming. And it's going to be a lot. And I'm not sure that I can handle it. And normally I would just avoid it entirely. Sometimes it do be like that. You do got to take a step back and go, nope, don't have the capacity to deal with this. But I didn't have that option yesterday. So I meditated real quick, got myself into the situation, found myself at a point where I needed to pull a bundle of sage out of my pocket because I am this person now and I have bundles of sage in my pocket and I needed to go outside and I needed to light this to clear the air move some energy around, and I needed to give myself a minute more than anything, regardless of the sage, I needed to give myself a minute to breathe in. Are you there, God? I know you are. I'm here too. What's up? And then to go back inside. And came to another point. Really stressful. Just just there. That energy is just there. It's just in the atmosphere and I'm breathing it in. With some Palo Santo, sat quietly and calmly, did not achieve any of the things that I really needed to achieve. But I tell you what, I also walked out of there not being stressed out. So at the end of the day, <laughs> whatever it takes. I walk around in this life and I feel like I just am doing it all wrong, maybe not all of it. So I got a pretty good idea about some of it. And I'm getting better and better at ignoring everything else and listening to my own intuition and doing what I got to do for me. But that's hard to do. It's hard to balance when you don't think that you're in it alone. And I don't, I don't. I think that there are 8 billion of us. And I do feel responsible 
not for all 8 billion of us, but certainly for the effect that I have on everyone else. So I hate to be sanctimonious, but I am going to sit here real quick and I'm going to share some good juju on this day where things go bump in the night and where people maybe aren't thinking so clearly about their intentions and we're all a little bit more careless about what we practice. Yo, straight up, I met some people and they were like, oh, we're into chaos magic. And I stopped knowing those people because again, I live in this world. I have seen some shit and that's entirely too far for me. Like it's all very nice and well for me to be light and bundles of herbs, but like, whoa, son, slow your roll with your fucking chaos magic over there. Anyway, uh, I'm going to flip to a random page and I'm going to read to you. If it's true that the only thing permanent is change, then if you want it to be permanent, you have to be open to change. You have to be willing to flow like water and manifest as your higher self wherever you end up, whatever the situation. You have to be constantly learning how to use whatever tools you can find in arm's reach at any given moment because they are always changing. And that gets frustrating for our rational minds who want to learn a lesson and be done. But we're never done. I love the idea of beginner's mind, that ability to see the world with wonder and curiosity. It's funny how as we get older, we replace the words wonder with skepticism and curiosity with a waste of time. Because that ability to see life as a child again, well, isn't that the ultimate dream? Isn't that what we're all longing for? Because the work is never done. So don't forget to play. God damn, Mark. <laughs> always relevant. All right. But Hey, I fucking see, I don't believe, well, I do believe in magic. I just don't see it anymore. And look, I got some magic ask and ye shall receive. I just manifested that shit. You see how that works? <laughs> Where, what was this? What was this that I read exactly? Learning how to use whatever tools you can find in arm's reach at any given moment. Isn't that what I did? I picked up a deck of tarot cards and I went, are you there God? And God answered. Isn't that what I did when I lit this bundle of sage and I went, are you there, God? And God answered. Oh, my dudes, my gals, my pals, my friends, be well, be safe. Go out into the world. If it's Halloween where you are and you're going to go party, just do right by yourself and do right by others. If you don't give a shit about any of that and it's just another Wednesday, I hope it's a really copacetic Wednesday. I'm going to pull one card. And I'm going to go. This deck that I'm holding is an Oracle deck. Um, this is the Animal Spirit Guide by Kim Kranz, the Wild Unknown Animal Spirit deck. It is the most beautiful art that I have ever seen. Uh, it's one of my favorite decks. It's an old friend of mine. We've been together since the beginning of my weird esoteric journey. And what I like to do, what I like most about this deck is how comfortable I am chucking any and all rules there might be out the window. This is a deck that I can just pull out and pull a card from and we can meditate and we can all learn a thing or two and it's a good way to be. So right now I'm going to shuffle this deck. Oh, a card just fell out. That's it. That's the one. That's the ticket. A card just fell out of this deck. So I'm going to read to you directly from this guidebook and offer you some guidance. Um, may the spirit of our friend Tarantula See you through the rest of your week. It's Wednesday. May your Thursday, Friday, and weekend be completely and totally copacetic. Let's see how we can aid in that. What does tarantula teach us? Tarantula, tarantula, tarantula is not a water creature, of course. Tarantula? That's not quite right either. Tarantula, we relate to fire, the element of fire, right? So... Uh, tarantula comes to us if we find ourselves at a crossroad or if we are at a point where we are claiming life's purpose. The tarantula represents a moment when a great decision must be made. It involves prioritizing your life's deeper purpose or dharma. A habit or routine from the past is sidetracking you from your dream, yet a voice inside keeps begging you to refocus your attention. In order to find true happiness, you must choose dharma. Until you do, satisfaction will be fleeting. The tarantula hovers, patient and calm, like an old friend that knows your inner soul. It already knows you'll choose wisely. 
So if that is not completely topical, here we are talking about rituals and practice and how we're relating ourselves to the world. I say we, I'm just talking about myself to myself. But anyway, the whole kit and caboodle, my friends, is to claim your purpose and to think long and hard about what that actually means. Purpose, intention. Where are you focusing? What are you pouring your energy into? I hope that this lights a fire under you in a good way. I hope that you are inspired. I hope that you follow your intuition and that you don't hesitate or over-intellectualize too much. Go have some fun. Be whole, be well. Uh, as ever, thank you for listening to my silly radio show. I will catch you guys when I catch you guys next. And in case I don't, um, good luck, Godspeed, girl power, and good night. Such a nice surprise.